makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Ambetu Wastelo Chante Wastena Pechus Apiello Le Unkipiki He Wastelo Le Ambetu Ki Trankana Wastelo Ola Kota Yolo Oyate Hona Umpi Ola Skati Wichoni Greetings and good day and welcome my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart and the whole world is a beautiful day and it's good for all of us to be here. This day is good and a lot of peace out there if you really look at it and let the people hear your voice respectfully. And the peace I talk about is just not among human beings and celebrate life. In addition to relativity, this is First Voices Radio, and I send you greetings and strength from the east gate of Turtle Island, where the sun and the water touch the earth at once. And our website is firstvoicesindigenousradio.org, and I want to thank you for your generosity, as always, and for being here. You know who you are. Without you, we cannot continue. And I'm your host, Teokas and Ghost Horse, all Native hosted, all Native produced, First Voices Radio, now in its 28th year broadcasting and First Voices Radio producer is a hard-working Liz Hill. Thank you again, Liz. And uh, we're going to do something that is, I would say, ordinary of First Voices to do from time to time. And we're going to honor a comrade who had just passed away. And I'm going to read something that, that says a lot. And Liz wrote this, and I agree with everything she's saying here, that last week First Voices Radio lost a great friend named Andre Volchek. Andre was a Russian-born author, documentary filmmaker, philosopher, artist, and anti-imperialist investigative journalist. Andre's enormous outpouring of work included 50 books, many documentary films, and hundreds of articles, radio, and TV appearances. He was a fearless and informed political commentator and analyst with his finger on the pulse of what is really happening across the world. 
Andre was shunned by Western media for his anti-imperialist stance, so audiences here in the West were largely prevented from knowing his work. We got to know Andre on a First Voices radio early in 2017, and from that time on, he became a frequent and generous guest, always making time to come on our show and reporting to us on the issues and the life and death situations of the world's forgotten, poor, and oppressed peoples, including, of course, the world's indigenous peoples. And Andre didn't reside in just one location. He loved to travel and had spent considerable time in South America and Africa, Asia, the Middle East, and the South Pacific. We valued Andre's global knowledge and insights, which were unlike any other because he had actually worked in the places he wrote about and filmed, a total of some 160 countries. And despite the great distances and time zones between Andre and First Voices Radio, we interviewed Andre over the years in such places as Beirut and Lebanon and Malaysia and Bangkok, Thailand, Hong Kong and Santiago, Chile. And First Voices Radio co-host Kayla Kelly, who interviewed Andre earlier this year about the situation in Bolivia following President Evo Morales' departure, said this about Andre. Andre was a rare journalist who saw imperialism for what it is and didn't shy from tearing at it with books and films and articles that he seemed to manifest at will daily. All of it, he was that prolific. He was also the last of a rare breed of person. And Kayla continues with a story about Andre in East Timor. Quote, in East Timor, where Andre was filming in 1996, the Indonesian military arrested him and hung him from the ceiling and tortured him for 24 hours. Therefore, he could not use his left arm for one year, and he was reporting on the U.S.-backed Indonesian coup of 1965 in a film called Downfall, produced and directed by Andre. It took him 15 years to complete the film, during which time he was condemned to death twice. He's likely one of the only journalists in the world whose body is filled with battle scars via torture and the direct closeness to battle zones. People tend not to understand what it is that real journalists do, especially those who do not work from, for mainstream, corporate, bought and paid for media outlets. Andre was out there internationally, and among his physical ailments were the scars and disabilities that came from having the audacity to report on the genocidal history of Indonesia. In the end, however, he died. It should be said that the last years of his life were physically difficult in large part because of what was done to him, and yet even that didn't stop him. Only death could do that. Unquote. One of the last places where I talked to Andre back in June was in Santiago, Chile, where he had been locked down during the first several months of the worldwide COVID outbreak. He was restless, ready to get back out into the world. He was intensely interested in what was happening in the U.S. following George Floyd's murder in Minneapolis and the protests that were breaking out across the U.S. The statues that were being toppled and how COVID-19 was affecting the country. He was planning a trip to the U.S. in July, which he was able to finally make happen. Here's what Andre said about the U.S. travels and what he heard as he was talking to people, regular people and not officials. I've just spent two weeks in the United States analyzing the profound crisis of U.S. society, and I visited Washington, D.C., Minneapolis, New York, and Boston. I spoke to many people in all of those places, and what I witnessed was confusion and total ignorance about the rest of the world. The United States, a country which has been brutalizing our planet for decades, is absolutely unable to see itself in the context of the entire world. 
people including those from the media, are outrageously ignorant and provincial. And they are selfish. And I ask many times, do black lives matter all over the world? Do they matter in the Democratic Republic of Congo? Do they matter in West Papua? I swear I receive no coherent answer. Somebody has to tell them. Somebody has to force them to open their eyes. And throughout, Andre had always championed the causes of indigenous peoples. He was knowledgeable and spoke out widely about native peoples across Turtle Island. And in fact, during one of his last interviews for a national Turkish television station, days before he died, he talked about the genocidal history of native peoples in the U.S. Andre was a true friend who carried our stories and struggles out to the world. And when the news came out last week about Andre's death in Istanbul, it was immediately described as quote-unquote suspicious and under investigation by Turkish police. The truth is that Andre had been experiencing serious health issues for some time and died in his sleep next to Rossi, his wife, as they were traveling by car to Istanbul. I'd like to close with some of Andre's words in the January show of this year, Be My Guest, a Hong Kong talk show. He said, look, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you'll die. I'm 56 and I've lived maybe 15 or 20 lifetimes already. And I enjoy my life tremendously. So I would love to be here until I'm 90 or something, but I'm not going to sit down and shut up. I love this struggle. My eye got injured in Borneo and I couldn't see for three days. Now I see, but I already began working because if I sit down and do nothing, I feel guilty. I feel horrible because it's responsibility. Actually, Che Guevara and Cuban revolutionaries knew perfectly well what it is. They said, if you work for the revolution, if you struggle for the people, it, it should not be worn as some kind of medal. It is just duty you are performing. It's nothing else. I'm a communist, but modern day's communist. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to get injured. If I describe what is happening in the world, I'm protecting in many ways millions of people, and I have to do that. And because of it, I would not be able to face the mirror in the morning. It's as simple as that. And farewell, Andre. You opened many eyes and ears to the truth. We will always be grateful for your voice and your contributions. He was a warrior in every way And he was always listening A dedication to people's displaced And he was always listening If a little birdie flew into his space He was always listening And with the spirit of the ancient ways He was always receiving He said, come with me people Stand up with me people As one and as equals Let's honor all people Come with me people Stand up with me people As one and as equals Let's honor all people All people Honor all people Goddess 
Xavier Rudd in the United Nations, Nana, off the album Nana, that is called Warrior. Our next guest, John Michelotti, is the founder of Catskill Fungi, or Fungi, or however you say it, in Big Indian in the Catskill Mountains in New York. And the core of Catskill Fungi is about helping people and improving the planet through its work with mushrooms. 
And with us now, John Michelotti is on the line here, and I'd like to bring him up. Thank you, John, for joining us here on First Voices Radio. Uh, it's an honor to be here, Teokasen. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Yes, you know, we were going to talk uh, earlier this year, but something called uh, due to the pandemic showed up and everything was kind of sidetracked a little bit. But we, we were mm-hmm. in the middle of a good discussion on the phone where it began to talk um, about uh, more or less the truer application, if it's mystery, if it's consciousness of what mushrooms are. And many people do not understand mm-hmm. it. They they go with the 70s stereotypical, you can get high from mushrooms. And I kind of delineate that into, yes, because it's nutrient it's full of nutrient and different medicinals, and and yes, you can get high. In other words, you can get a, a more balanced body from mushrooms, um, and I think that is one medicine that is not heard taking, uh, and it's being, before it gets synthesized out there in its true form, um, I'd like to talk about that a little bit, John, and mm-hmm. I think your practices of sustainable harvesting and leave no trace principles and compassion for the environment. And I like to say that the environment has compassion for us mm. as, as, as humans in this, this case. What do you remember from that original conversation we had a few months back? Yeah, just as you were saying, I mean, there was, we were talking about the connection of mushrooms and also how they're relatives of us and how we are connected with them, Um, and how this has been the case for as long as humans have walked the land and and even further back. And um, their importance in our lives is, is unseen and is also one of these things that um, it's another way in which the environment has more compassion for us. And the more we open our eyes to that, the more appreciation we can have for the world around us. And so I'm excited to to talk to you more about that today, too. It's it's been something that that has interested me uh, more recently in my life, but is uh, always, it's been a calling ever since I found it. And uh, yeah, the the ever ever since you found it, you say that you become aware right, that that me. was that was yes, and that was your first consciousness, correct? And right, exactly. So, so we a lot of people want to jump to the the benefits of of mushrooms or the fungi. Yet we, or is it true that or not whether or not we understand it for as human beings in this in this container called the human body is in fact a a fungi itself. Yes, in a way it is, and in a way it contains fungi. And I was walking in the woods today uh, just contemplating the consciousness of fungi today, and I realized that, that potentially every consciousness could be the consciousness of fungi because fungi were some of, as we know it now, at least everything is bound to change. But for what we know now, we believe that fungi were the first multicellular life on Earth, the fungi-like bacteria. And plants were able to 
come onto land in the first place because they had connections with fungi. And fungi were the first life on land that were able to break the earth down to forms uh, of soil that were able to be absorbed by plants. And the way in which the plants and the fungi uh, were working together then is the same way it's working together now, and that's something called mycorrhizal. Uh, which is a topic that's being more and more discussed and hopefully changing the way we uh, look at agriculture, where our fungi, these fungi roots, which um, fungi are different from plants. Um, Well, we're all relatives, but in a way, they are more closely related to humans and animals because both fungi and animals, we both breathe in oxygen, exhale carbon dioxide, We both uh, digest our food similarly, but differently. So the way we broke off evolutionarily is animals decided to digest food inside a stomach, inside their bodies. And so we take in food, enzymes are released, which break down our food, we absorb the nutrients. Fungi continue to do this externally. So if you can imagine like a a net, it's it's more like a, a web it's more, uh, it's, it's less of an ever-branching tree, but it's more of like a web. And at the end of the web, on those tips, they excrete enzymes which break down things within their environment, and then they absorb the nutrients and share these nutrients with plants. And this, was, this is where the mycorrhizal fungi come in. They're, they're gaining nutrients from the world around them. And they're giving them to the plants. And in exchange, the plant is giving them sugars through photosynthesis. And this is why plants were able to come onto the land. It's why plants developed the root structures that we know of was to maximize their connection with fungi. And then more recently, we found that inside every plant is a fungi living within its tissues, every pine needle, every leaf, every twig, every piece of bark. And it's helping to keep that plant alive, helping it resist drought and climate and uh, changes in temperature. And even when those uh, branches fall off, that fungi inside that plant that's been helping it keep it alive can switch function and help to break it down to make it back into soluble forms for more plants. And so this is, (laughs) when you think about the first life on earth, the first life on land, and the fact that we have fungi in us, in our guts, helping us break down food as well, um, the consciousness of fungi is, is really something that is all around us and in us. So it's, pretty amazing in that way. Yeah, it's very, very amazing. It's just mesmerizing what you're saying here because I can, I can picture all the processes that it's going on in our bodies, right? Um, yeah. The thing, yeah. The, does it also, do mushrooms or fungi also break down not only food but toxins and maybe help fight viruses in, in a very unique way? Yes, indeed they can. And it's through... Uh, a few different ways, but it's mostly to do with that digestive system that we were talking about, where if a mycelial mat, the mycelium, just to give an overall, uh, mushrooms, 
um, are like the fruit of the fungi, and the mushrooms make spores, which are the seeds of the fungi, and then the spores land, and they start this interconnected web called mycelium. And mycelium is like the tree. And mycelium is not what we see. Mycelium is underground, but it's alive 365 days a year, and it's serving one of some of the most important functions in the environment, including being being the, um, the the living system that helps translocate nutrients within that environment and helping uh, as the immune system of our forests because it connects multiple trees together and shares these nutrients. Um, but on the, the way that mycelium grows, you know, it, it, it reaches out, it gains nutrients, it pulls its energy together and fruits a mushroom. So the mushrooms make spores, the spores make mycelium, and the mycelium makes mushrooms. So mycelium is very interesting because it can digest lignin and cellulose and hemicellulose. These are like your building blocks of wood. And they're very hard, dense materials. And one thing that certain fungi can do is they can come across um, pollutants such as hydrocarbons, which chemically have a very similar um, look to like some of these hard building blocks of wood like lignin. And what it does is it'll come across that chemical or that compound and it, it almost like it's searching through its DNA um, in history to see like what have I come across this before? Is there a way in which I can um, use this? You know, it's it's seeing what's in front of it, and it's well not with the eyes, but it's sensing it and saying, "This is something that's in my path." You know, how how can I utilize it? And that finds what it has to do to excrete a certain. It changes the enzymes it, it excretes so that it can excrete an enzyme and break down that toxin and transform it and even use it as food and make it into an inert, non-toxic state. And even within the fungi itself, it won't have traces of those toxins. It'll be transformed. So, I mean, just as a, as a model for life, as a model for like how we connect with things to be able to, you know, go through your history and and find out what what you have inside you to be able to transform, you know, some obstacle in your path or something that you might deem as toxic in your life. It it's a it's an inspiring um, method, I think. So as yeah. far as toxins, that's yeah, that's one way in which it does it. So. Well, that that's that's one way in which it does it. But we're talking with John Michelotti, who is the founder of Catskill Fungi in the Catskill Mountains. And I was thinking along the lines, how intelligent this little multicellular life on Earth began. But yet we we don't understand how many types or kinds of mushroom or mycelium are out there as we walk unknowingly upon them every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. And there's everything from, I mean, they estimate two to 10 million species 
of which, you know, different types, and of which we only have uh, scientific names for, uh, you know, less than 10% of them. So they're largely unexplored kingdom. It's been something that hasn't really been emphasized in our culture. It's been one that, despite the fact that they are a keystone species, they are what is holding everything else together, including our soils that we depend on for food. Um, They've been something that have been shunned a lot based on some of their parasitic tendencies uh, for plants and things like this, but um, are really, we're we're starting to understand there's, there's much more to them. And, you know, my main mentor, Gary Linkoff, he he wrote uh, a very he wrote the Audubon's Guide to North American Mushrooms, which is a book that many uh, mycologists utilize to uh, know their mushrooms and know at least let's not say that let's say to name their mushrooms. But he would go on to say things like, "It's good to know the name, but it's better to say something meaningful about it." And I think you know. Mushrooms help us like, be aware of what's around us. You know, the mushroom itself is not going to whisper you, to you its Latin name, but it does take observation. It takes you into the present moment when you're looking for mushrooms because when you find one, you really have to just take your time with it and look at it and observe it. And that in and of itself is a healthy thing to do. And, um, you know, we're sometimes quick to name things. We're quick to, you know, say, oh, well, I know this. It's got to be that. And then we box it in, and that's what we think about it, you know, is within that box. But, yeah. you know, it's better sometimes to just observe without naming, without boxing it in, and and being out there. So even if you don't know mushrooms and it seems like an overwhelming you know because there's so many ones out there that's okay just (laughs) just being out there and and being with the mushrooms and being you know with them is enough and they have things to tell you if you're willing to listen um and just so everybody knows in at least in north america there are no transdermal uh toxic mushrooms so you can't get poisoned by touching mushrooms or smelling them or appreciating them you can we have to eat them but we don't just eat mushrooms (laughs) that's true unlike humans who can you know can be contagious to each other by touching each other that i like that do um good point yes and i was thinking about you know your time on a mushroom advisory panel here certainly naturally grown uh these standards that Mm -hmm. that are upheld by probably some government um, is there something that we can go outside of that to, and, and I hope you stay with me, John, is, is that mm-hmm. we, when you are out walking on, on mushrooms, you're aware, and uh, I would like to say the meaning, your friend said the meaning, look for the meaning, and I would like to insert that um, in a lot of uh, languages, native languages, it's, it is about the meaning. It's just not the naming mm-hmm. of it. We, we have action, action verbs for them that mm-hmm. tend, tend to connotate that it is, it, is, it is a noun. So basically we cannot noun a mushroom to death by, by naming mm-hmm. it. Like, so like we have a word, chana, 
chanaknakpa, which which means something like the the wood is awake because of something, and that because of something is a mushroom, or hokshi chakpa, which is like fat boy, that it it grows ever with with with. Uh, in the innocence of a boy, it, it's a fat boy, you know, yeah. healthy. And so these are these are funny. That's why our language, mm. we laugh in our language a lot. Yeah. Um, we talk about yeah. what it does. And I think the uploading that, that you are doing in the mornings is, is more meaningful to understand it in that simplistic way where we can talk science all day, but you are also an advisor to that advisory panel. What is the difference from what, they, it seems just because of the title that it's more of a sterile way of looking at what is considered a mushroom and that we're trying to unlock a mystery when, when, when we will never do that as humans because we can't know everything. Like you say, we only know a small percentage of what mushrooms and mycelium actually do. But the consciousness, the consciousness is that meaning that you were talking about. Um, and I'm thinking, is that advisable is that something that you put into that advisory panel that you are part of hmm. yeah the the advisory panel um yeah that was an interesting call out and it is i mean it's something that i try to um i try to really instill in a lot of different things like i'll be teaching a wild uh, mushroom safety certification course in the coming years so if people would like to forage and sell mushrooms commercially, uh, they'll need a bit of a, like a, a license or a card that says that they can identify mushrooms properly, which is important. Um, but one of the main reasons why I decided to do that was for that reason, was to be able to um, help people understand if they're going to be doing this, the impacts they're making on the environment and what it is they're connecting with when they're out there. I think that's uh, it's a good way to um, to not just tell people about having environmental respect, to, but to feel it, to feel you know connected to what's around them. I think that's uh, I think that's one of the most important things that we can know and that we can feel is to understand that we are connected to everything around us. Um, so as far as the, the Mushroom Advisory Panel, it's a fancy name, but quite honestly, it's, uh, it's a peer-to-peer, like farmer-to-farmer initiative. So if people are farming and they can't afford the certified organic standard, they can um, you know, also live close to the earth and, and not be using chemicals and um, have a certified a naturally grown standard where, you know, it's kind of a checks and balances between farmers and you don't have to pay the high fees for uh, certified organic. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that you've hosted all these uh, inoculation workshops in New York and Connecticut, far away as Texas yeah. and as close as New, New Jersey. Um, and oh, yeah. I, yeah. And I think, what, what would, uh, if I came, i got a couple minutes here. If I came to one of your sure. workshops, what, what do I expect? Do I bring pen and pencil or just an alertness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I would hope you would come to one of the workshops, Fiocasin. I would love that, first of all. Um, and, um, yeah, we have a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things to do is um, educate 
and it's one of my biggest passions is just to share uh, what I know and what's out there. And so at these workshops, people will come, and we also do mushroom walks where we go out in the woods and we talk about the mushrooms we're finding and what it is they're out there doing and how they're medicinal, how they've been utilized historically, how they've been utilized um, uh, in, in medicine in different ways. Um, and at the inoculation workshops, you uh, roll up your sleeves, you'll get an intro on what fungi are and how to cultivate mushrooms, how to take that mycelium and put it into a substrate or something you want to grow it in, be it sawdust or, in this case, an outdoor mushroom log. And, um, and you can drill holes in a mushroom log and you put the mycelium in there and you seal it with wax and everybody gets to go home with their own mushroom log to cultivate mushrooms. And so we're spreading the spores as we go. Um, but yes, it's a lot more hands-on outside and, um, yeah, is, is connecting with mushrooms and in the way in which we can help to, um, cultivate them urge them along. You know, you know, John Michelotti, I'm thinking this is, wow, what if we had mushrooms and hemp to, you know, sort of involve in our lives? Things would be so much cleaner. Um, and yeah. I think, think about this, the medicines that are, that are available that we just don't know about. And this mushroom, yeah. the, your workshops would provide that. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I think I'll just take you up on that, right? Oh, um, good. Yeah. Great. Yeah, so we'll get together one of these days. Um, um, and this is to broadcast around North America and for Native people also to get interested because those mushrooms are a traditional way of, of understanding. We know the wildlife and wild, fa- wild, wild flowers, and the, but we, we don't know enough about the fungi. Maybe there is something there to, to I don't know, to energize that that thinking again, because I, I've heard songs out there when I go back to the reservation, I go someplace and they, they talk about mushrooms, but it yeah. it's more of a medicinal way all the time and that they are live mm. beings. So I want to thank you for being mm-hmm. here. Um, and I'm going to give your, your, your uh, website, Catskill, uh, Catskill Fungi at mm-hmm. .com, right? CatskillFungi.com. Mm-hmm. And, you can go to that and talk to John uh, Michelotti, and he'll, he'll tell you more about this, and you'll see what he does. It's amazing, this other world we don't know. And my, my um, individual quest, John, is looking for the one that's translucent at nighttime, the one that glows at nighttime. Yes, yeah, there's about 60 different ones that glow at night. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting, and there are some very common ones out there. So maybe when you come over for the inoculation, we can find one. Oh, you can have a look. Oh, yeah. You just turned me into yeah. a 12-year-old kid again. So yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's how I feel when I'm out there with yeah. them, too. All right, John. It's good, yeah. good to talk to you. Thank you for this, this conversation, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, Teokasin, it's, it's an honor to be on this program. Thank you for all right. that you do. Whose case do they plead? 
the justice they've chosen their own. When they have finished and washed all their hands, left to the young ones a scar. Their eyes are deceiving, black as they Murder of Crows by Charlie Buckland, who is our next guest here. And uh, 
I started playing that around that time. We're supposed to and close to it. And I want to say that this multi-instrumentalist composer and songwriter has performed, recorded with numerous artists during his musical lifetime and life. And uh, he's recorded with with uh, Z Cars, Rocks, Jared, Cherry Red, Phantom, Ghost Horse, Mako, Mecca Bodega, and Atomic Mary, and probably others unnamed here. But we will continue with this interview, a little short interview. Charlie's composed, produced numerous recordings, including Spider Heart, Dreams, Woodlands, uh, Symbiotic, uh, Lakota Theme for the Lakota Sioux Dan- Indian Dance Theater, People's Wings for the first Native American Music Awards. Um, and Southern Grass for the for the play first time for Barbie, which won the Bow Arts Award for best play, and he's also has taught as an adjunct music professor at Webster Webster University in Holland. And you can find simply Facebook. You can find Charlie simply on Facebook, but he also has Charlie Buckland, C H A R L E Y Buckland. Dot here now dot com. So, Charlie, good good afternoon to you, and thank you for being here on First Voices Radio. Welcome. Good afternoon to you, Okasi. It's yeah. great to hear your voice, and be great to be on this station. I much appreciate it. Yes, you are appreciated. Thank you for for producing that, and I hear that's got like seventeen years in the making. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one hundred and ninety-two moons, or something like that. That's a lot of moons, man. <laughs> where, where did they go? But I, I was, I was really gripped by the last, the last verse, the last stanza. There, who is it? Who is this? Who is this? Who that takes without asking? And it started out as well. What a murder of crows! He was going to sing about all these crows gathering outside as they are, are now, but always have. But to me, it had this other satire, this political connotation to it. Is it true that that's what you, you were meaning by it, rather than just a gathering of, of crows outside? Absolutely. It started, it started with a gathering of crows on the road, and it just grew from there, and absolutely. And the one thing about the one lyric is no worse than a murder of crows, because you can't compare any of these political figures to animals because the animals just make so much more sense. I wouldn't even want to call them animals. The critters themselves make so much more sense. And yes, it became a political statement. And when we are talking about the pawns left to starve and, you know, all, all of those that, that nothing is worth saving, it kind of, I don't know, it, it was it's great timing for this because what's going on in the political structure and this, this country today, actually. Absolutely. It's a mess out there today. And uh, all of these thoughts and all of these feelings are as relevant today as they were back when the song was initiated. And uh, it's a, a lot of the things that I, that I do have that I write them from the heart and my heart is in disarray <laughs> sometimes, and so they come out that way, and uh, it's just feeling. It's, I just write with whatever comes to mind and feel. I work a lot on, on lyrics. Yeah, so. yeah, you do, and I've noticed that, that that's what comes out, but it, it takes a while for, for you to get those lyrics because it's, it, it's a multifaceted world out there when it comes to 
to music and how we don't pay attention to the meaning. We just want to have the rhythm. We want to have, you know, something that, that kicks the emotion in so that we feel that this is a great song. But there's, there's the meaning lost behind the emotion of it. Um, when I'm thinking about uh, the, the words that, you know, what fool is this who thinks he possesses? Like you want to possess a song instead of letting the meaning flow out there because... Yeah. Music changes people, changes ideas, politically, scientifically, religiously, religiously, if I can say. But most of all, we leave out the spirit of music. Yeah, and the spirit's going through you all the time. It's a frequency, like the frequencies of, of everything, like frequencies of the universe. It's going through you. And I've always been very sonically oriented, I guess. is That may not be the word, but I've always felt sonically that I hear things. I'd rather not see things. I'd rather hear things. Yeah. And they, the vibrations go through you all the time. And music is, music is so powerful. And so it has such an ability to change spirit. Yeah, it, it does. And, and I just wanted to make sure um, that, you know, the kanji we chash is it meaning, Meaning that the crow people is not an insult to that, but just the kanji, the way the blackbirds are, that that they're very intelligent, that they they speak tongues, they they have families, they have social structure out there, um, and it, they brought the meaning to to you, Charlie. This murder of crows, just to to say this. And oh, can, absolutely! And the kanji themselves, I I have a recording that I made upstate um, of these crows one morning, and I was. Uh, it was unbelievable. I'm going to use it in a recording sometime. Great. Maybe you should play on it. But it, they were just making these noises and flying up and down in the trees and noises and sounds that I had never heard before. That's and they they just amaze me. All of all of nature that, amazes me. That, all of that. All of this. Uh, the sounds. And I'm very into sounds, like I said. But all of these sounds amaze me. And that was one amazing thing. And that was this was just a couple of months ago. Oh, just a couple of months ago. But I'd like to thank you for being here, Charlie. Um, short interview, but it, it's a good song. Thank you for putting it out there. And sometime maybe you'll have the other one on uh, yeah, soon. Yeah, that'd be great, Tilkson. And thank you so much for putting me on. It's, it's really appreciated, and it's really an honor to be on this show. And I wish everybody would listen to this show thank because you. it's so informative and so powerful. Thank you so much. And take care, Charlie, next time. Yep. The next song we'll be playing is Sacrilegious. It's prolific. The Raptor, rapper put it on his website, but it's really uh, Trent Casillas Bakebird, who was pulled out of a ceremony at Standing Rock. And at the time he put it out there, but he also had, uh, you know, published it or, 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 you know, edited it and it's out there now, but it's something. Why should we listen? They're not respecting the treaties. These people are evil. They pulled me out of the Inipi, which is the sweat lodge, which is church to you all out there, but in prayer, deeper than a religious connotation that churches are. So we'll go out with that. Thank you being, for being with us, First Voices Radio. My name is Teokazin Ghost Horse, and this is Trenton Casillas Bakebird of Cheyenne River. I got this urge to be intricate Kinda like a curse to burn Till the day that I learn But I don't adjourn till I interject Some countries in distress Now tell me why be militant With immigrants False imprisonment for the innocent It just don't make much sense 
It's so ambivalent in this game of life. I'm just another participant. Yeah. Uh. Lately I've been thinking, I need to pass this message with the right rhymes I've been living low-key, not like a life in the limelight I wonder is the time right, I'm focused on the moment They still trying to drill these pipelines where sacred water's flowing And I know that I cannot just let it go It's a struggle every day, I'm going crazy Really wish I wasn't troubled If you're living in some ignorance, you need to pop that bubble It's a puzzle, if we don't solve it, our country's gonna crumble on the double Just listen please, I've got the time to stand and talk I can tell a story about my arrest at Standing Rock What really makes me mad is peace People shop by laughing cops Just for occupying space To try to make construction stop You see these corporations All they care about is money And it isn't funny If you think it is And you're a dummy Think about your family Reality's a tragedy I feel the need to change It was before it took a catastrophe Now turn 21 But I still see the need to unify Just understand That this life we live in Is do or die We need to realize That we survived the genocide I cannot hide the fact That I'm grateful That I've been alive Innocent people arrested Just because of the money invested It is an equal in fact Even my freedom was being contested We fight for the water is precious Gotta believe this moment is destined Giving it back to all the oppressors I think it's time that we teach them a lesson My ammunition is lyrics written uniquely You've got opinions, I understand this completely But you need to listen This truth I'm spitting will lift you In the remission of the system we're living in And it's easy Why should we listen? They're not respecting the treaties These people are evil They pulled me out the Yanipi they call it business, it's sacrilegious I've witnessed the sickness and it's ridiculous My forgiveness is freaky And we will never free ourselves as human people We will never feel free ourselves as sexual people We will never free ourselves until we address the issue of how we live in balance with the earth Because all of our resistance and all of our struggle is hollow, it's false It's another one of those oppressors' hypocrisies if we do not look out for the welfare of the earth first because I do not care who it is, any child that turns on their mother is living in a terrible, terrible confusion. The earth is our mother. We must take care of the earth. They pollute. This oppressor, this machine, this machine that has gone mad and run amok, it is berserk. Yes, it is berserk, that's why we hit them where it hurts The only thing they seem to love is money, let's see if it works Divest the rest and organize, I'll see you on the front lines A multitude of strategies, the only thing that matters These unimportant corporations, important poison And placing it in places where they think they can get away with raping Mother Earth, to tell you the truth, this still hurts Go beyond woke, time to prove your worth, let your spirit work Why should we listen, they're not respecting the treaties these people are evil, they pulled me out the Yanipi They call it business, it's sacrilegious I've witnessed the sickness and it's ridiculous My forgiveness is freaky Why should we listen, they're not respecting the treaties These people are evil, they pulled me out the Yanipi Why should we listen, they're not respecting the treaties These people are evil, they pulled me out the Yanipi Reality is the earth can no longer take this attack We cannot, we can no longer allow this thing to continue Where it's polluting the air it's polluting the water, it's polluting our food. They pollute the air, they pollute the water, they pollute our food, they pollute our minds. They put us out of balance. They have made us be insecure with ourselves.
Well, I've been dreaming back at times Catastrophes and splendors in the pace of change And I, I'm a lottery champion Back page mention of a man of indifferent fame Minor divinities wait for the ships to come in Close the story fame, pal Pharisees and stand mill set. 